Good morning. Hope you're all doing well. Learning uh, starting a new parak today. Um, the new parak is going to be discussing the commitments that are made either verbally or in writing uh, that are made between people. Here we're going to be using a husband and a wife as an example, um, and whether uh, whether or not they're as binding as we want them to be or not. And the Mishnah opens as follows. The Mishnah is at the open of the parak on the bottom of Kuf Aleph in the Beis, and the Mishnah writes, Hanose Esaisha, a man uh, meets a woman and wants to marry her, um, and she already has a child from another marriage. And she negotiates, Upaska Imo, she makes a psak with him, they agree together. I have a daughter from Ruvain from my first husband, your Shimon. We can get married, but part of the deal is that you need to feed my daughter out of the gates. You need to make a commitment to feed her for five years. He is obligated to feed her for those five years. Let's say this relationship with Shimon didn't work out and she then marries somebody else. Now she marries Levi and she makes the same deal. Here too, she negotiates on behalf of her daughter that her daughter should have five years of income in the form of payments for food. Halacha is that the second, this, this new husband as well, Levi, is chayv lezona chameshonim. And lo yomar harisho lechashetavo etzla ezona, the person, the Shimon, he can't say, I'll only agree to feed her when she lives in my house, meaning up until the time that we get divorced. No. Elamolich la mezono zeh alamakom, he has to make sure that she gets paid no matter where the wife is, no matter where this mother is, even in a new marriage. Both of the husbands, Shimon and Levi, cannot come together and say, hey, we're the ones who are obligated to, to feed her. So we'll feed her um, by splitting the cost of the payments. No, each of them made a commitment to fund her entire her entire food. Ella, echad zana, one of them would actually give her food. So really, and we'll see this language at the end of the Mishnah, they've become balecho. This isn't even about mizonos per se. Their payment is in the form of mizonos. But really what ended up happening is that the husband made a commitment uh, when he got married, both husbands, Shimon and Levi, made a commitment to pay, uh, to pay mizonos to this daughter. <clears throat> okay, Nises, Let's say this daughter, who has been the beneficiary now of two fathers who are paying for her food, habal no sin la mizonos. Her her husband is feeding her mizonos. no mizonos. She's getting triples. She gets the she gets food from her husband, as is the normal routine. She gets food from Shimon, which was her mother's second husband, and then also from Levi, her mother's third husband. So she, instead, let's say every every month she gets two hundred dollars. Now she's Profiting four hundred dollars every month, two hundred, four hundred, six hundred from every husband. From every every husband, that's what it is. Mesu, what if uh, Shimon or Levi die? So the halacha is benosehen nizones minichasim benichorin. His own daughters, his own daughters, Ruvain and uh, Shimon and Levi's daughters, their daughters get fed only from properties that are benichorin, that are liquid properties that no that have no ties to them. The he, this daughter with whom. Her mother had made deals between Shimon and Levi that she should get the five years worth of Mizonos. Why? Because, says the Gemara, this is not regular Mizonos. There was a contract that was made between the mother, let's call her Rachel, and Shimon, and then subsequently Levi. So therefore, she's going to collect money 
uh, as a Baalascho, and that is uh, the din of the Gemara. So says the Gemara, if you're a, says the Mishnah, this is an uncommon line for a Mishnah. Normally we see this in the Amorim. Hapikchim, the smarter husbands, they knew that when they got into this deal, they knew that when they were marrying a woman who was coming with children in tow, they would say, I'll feed your daughter for up to five years, provided that you still live in my house. But once you leave my house, I'm not, you got you to gotta be clear on the deal. If you say five years with no addendums, with no qualifications, that's five years. You get divorced a year later, you lost a lot of cash. That's on you. Be smart about it, says the Mishnah. If you're a Pikeach, you'll know to add another limiting factor, which is that as long as we're married. The Mishnah opens, and this is really going to be the crux of our conversation today, is, is with a machlokas between Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Itmar, ha-omer lechavero chayv anilachmana. If a person says verbally, um, it is true that uh, that I owe you $100. So that's a machlokas, just verbal commitment. Rabbi Yochanan amar chayv, v'reish Lakish amar pater. Machlokas amorayim. So says the Gemara, I, I don't understand. If you want to say the reason is because it's as if when he admitted that he owed 100, it's as if there are witnesses. If that's true, my time is Reish Lakish to Kapotar. If the verbal commitment is no different than saying, hey, I've got witnesses here, if they're halachically equivalent, then there's no reason to be lenient like Reish Lakish. And if he doesn't say that these are the witnesses, if he doesn't say that, and it's really just a verbal comment, foaming at the mouth, as it were, my time is Rabbi Yochanan to come There's not enough here, not enough here in a vacuum to say one way or the other. Says the Gemara, really, no, there was no admission of these are, this is equivalent to my Edim. Rather, what's going on here? Four lines from the bottom, Kufala from Midbeis, he put it in writing. However, when he put it in writing, there were no Edim. It's effectively an IOU. So if I take a piece of paper and I write down, I owe you $100, love, Phil. No Adam, just a personal admission. Is that more powerful than the verbal? Yes or no? And the Gemara here says, this is how Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish would look at this. Rav Yochanan Amar, Alima Milsa Deshtara, a written document is more powerful because that is, even without signatures, Kimanda Amar Lahu Atemedim Dami. Okay, just a written IOU is more powerful than the verbal. If we write it down, say it out loud, there's no way, there's no way to mind it. What are, what are we talking about here? And the Gemara here uh, over the next two proofs is going to try and bring a raya to Reish Lakish and Rav Yochanan. Two lines from the bottom. The Gemara, the Gemara says, tonight we have a Mishnah, our Mishnah. She marries Shimon and she has a daughter in tow, a five-year-old kid. And she says, you have to feed my daughter until she's 10 years old. What did we say? Obligated. My love. What do we see over here? Maybe that is this case over here. And Rashi goes through the details of this case. Um, and Rasha says on the very bottom line, he says, Because the Yahavashtar Chasim Biyadam, had it been perfectly signed, nothing to talk about. That would be in the bag. Everybody would understand it. So obviously, this case of our Mishnah must be a Raya for one of the Shittas of, of Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. And which one is it a Raya for? Well, we see that the contract is binding, even though there were no Adim. That is Rabbi Yochanan. So says the Gemara, my love, Ki answers the Gemara, low. that's not what we're talking about. That star that you're talking about is not just Stama star. That's part of the Bishtari Psikta. Bishtari Psikta are the agreements, effectively what, they're kind of like tonight. Like, well, what do you bring to the marriage? What are, that's a different kind of document. Uchadur of Gidal, top of Kupes, top line. The Amar of Gidal, Amar of 
this is what the uh, the what the mechutanim discuss. They say, oh, well, how much are you going to give to your son? I'll give $10,000. How much are you going to put into the marriage for your daughter? And then they stand up and they, she's engaged. The halacha is that whatever they said verbally under those circumstances is absolutely binding because it's a star psikta. It's a very unique type of star. It's not this uh, conditional balchov thing that we have in our mission. Not the same case. We'll discuss this case a little bit more. So we tried to bring a riot from our Mishnah to Rav Yochanan, and we were not able to. Toshma, let's try again five lines down. Let's say that a man writes to a Kohen, a man who just happened to have a son. He is a Yisrael, she's a Yisrael, first birth. So we have uh, we have the coalescing, we have the parallel lives of um, he's saying out loud, I owe you five slime. At the same time that he has a mitzvah deraisa to do pidyon abet. So he says out loud, he writes to a Kohen, Shani Chayav so, very strange response of the Gemara. What, what does the Brysa say? Once he writes that, he's obligated to pay the five slime. However, super weird. Why would we We'll see in a minute why that's true, but it's a very strange presentation. So, what do we see from here? That he wrote something down. There are no Edim. It's binding. That sounds like the Sheet of Rabbi Yochanan. The Gemara says, no, no rias from the case of the Chamesh Slime. Shani Hasem, Dimashuba, Lemidoraisa. Because that's a mitzvah d'oresa. He's obligated. Well, he says, Pasuk and Chumash. That's just the way, the way things are. Why is it that it says Kasav? You're right. The Ksav is irrelevant. The Ksav is irrelevant. That was only written so that you can direct the money to a particular coin. I want to give it to my brother-in-law. who's a coin. Great. That's great. But no reason to write it down. He says, What's the problem over here? Everything seems to be aligned perfectly, except for the fact that you said that the kid is not, uh, he, he still hasn't had a pigeon on Ben yet. So the Gemara says, you're absolutely right. And the, the way we should answer this is a third of the way down. The pigeon Ben does work. Why then do we say that it's as if the child is not padui, that he didn't, that the father didn't fulfill the mitzvah? This is Xera Durabon. Xera Shema Yomru Podin Bishtaros. We're afraid that because we wrote it down so that we could direct the money to a particular coin, we're afraid that people might think that there's a pigeon when you hand over the star itself without the coins. Therefore, the Gemara had to say that this was not the case. We didn't want people to make it to be confused about it. So when a person was giving over a document that says, I'm going to give you five slime to, to person X, to Kohen X, we said we don't want people to misunderstand and make a mistake with the mitzvah pigeon Aben. The mitzvah pigeon Aben is not a conceptual or even a contract type of thing. You have to hand the five coins over to a particular person. So I, I've done this as a moa. You show up 30, 30 days later and you do the pigeon I've been for them. They have no clue. The secular crowd. They have to pay for the silver. I give them the five coins. They give them to the coin. Fine. That's uh, the transaction. But but if they if it was just a piece of paper, the start, that's not enough. So the Gemara is teaching us a subtlety, seemingly. I don't know if this is the Misa, a subtlety that you cannot get out of the mitzvah pigeon I've been with a contract. It has to only be with coins. Again, no raya one way or the other for Rav Yochanan or Reish Lakish. And the Gemara says halfway down, Omar Rav Kitanoi. Maybe, maybe Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish are like the following machlokas in the Tanoi. Or if Ayotze Achar Chisum Ashtaros. Let's say there's a document between Ruvain and Shimon. You owe me $100. And afterwards, only afterwards, an RA signs at the bottom and Phil is your guarantor and uh, he'll, he'll make sure you get paid. So I, I come in as the guarantor after the document is signed. The halacha is, then based on that, they can collect from the properties that are b'nei of the Arev. Take a look at Rashi, a little bit more than halfway down. Who can collect? The Malve can collect. 
But So that's what the Gemara says is that an Arev is able to collect but only from Bnei Chorim. An Arev can be collected from but only from Bnei Chorim. Like we just saw. But Ben Nanas didn't agree. Amar lo Ben Nanas. Ben Nanas was a Tana. He said to Rabbi Shmuel, no way. He's late to the party. The Arev signed after the whole star was already signed. He's coming and passed past the time, past the end of past the end of the of the game here. So Amar lo Lama, he says to Ben Nanas, why would you say that they get nothing? Let's say that you see a scenario where Ruvain owes Shimon money and he's strangling him, literally strangling him to get his money back. So Ruvain strangling Shimon. And Shimon's friend comes to the rescue. He says, calm down. In this moment of duress, he, uh, Levi comes in to save Shimon from the from the, 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 the vice grip of Ruben. So the halacha is patr. He's not obligated to pay. That's shalom al emunaso helvehu. That's not how the how the loan was done. So this is machlokas between Rabbi Shmuel and Benana says to whether or not a person who's an arev after the signatures counts as someone who can bring about a burden on the properties that are Bnei Chorin, yes or no. That's Machlokas. Lema Rav Yochanan to Amar Rabbi Maybe Rav Yochanan is like Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Yishmael seems to say that there is a, this concept of Achiv of Bnei Chorin, Afalpi, that there are no signatures. That's just like what we were trying to say earlier. That's Rabbi Yochanan. Maybe who says, no, that there's really nothing going on here and no transactions can happen uh, with this uh, kind of general laissez-faire setup without Adam. Says the Gemara, that's not possible. Last line of Kufbez. No one has any confusion about the Shitas of Ben Nanas. Where would there be a Machlokas between Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish if you wanted to apply them to this Machlokas at all? It would only be within the Shita. Of Rabbi Shmuel, top of Kupes, and basically, please leave it to Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Shmuel, party lines. That's easy. Rabbi Yochanan, in our case, at the very bottom of Kufal, from the at the open of the Gemara, Rabbi Yochanan says that if a person can verbally commit with no Adam, and the halacha is it would be halachically binding. And Rabbi Shmuel does something quite similar. But Reish Lakish on the second line of Kuf Beis and Beis, what would he say? Reish Lakish, When it comes to the case of Rabbi Shmuel, that's when we're dealing with a Shibu Deoraisa. Could be a Ksuba, could be something um, that, that is naturally halachically binding. In the case of uh, that, Rav and, that Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish are arguing about, this case where a person just says out loud, you owe me $100, in such a case, so the cases are not comparable. In the conclusion, we don't know uh, we don't have any rayas one way or the other for Ra, for Rav Yochanan or for Reish Lakish. No clarity in the Gemara whatsoever. So that means that uh, the case that we started with, if a person were to say out loud, I owe you $100, is that binding that remains a machlokas in the Gemara? Of course, we have Pali Apsak, we have Shulchan but just uh, from the Gemara itself, it's uh, unclear. Um, and how do we paskin? Uh, we paskin like Rav Yochanan, that a verbal commitment would be binding. So if I say out loud, I owe you $100, that is halachically binding. Okay, let's continue with the next uh, sugya within a sugya. Five lines down, kupes mitbeis. We're going to be heading until the fifth line from the bottom at the two dots. Says the Gemara's follows. Gufa amar of gidel amarav. Kamatanosin levincha kach v'kach. We said that the mechutanim sit down, and uh, one uh, the father of the bride says to the father of the groom, "How much will you give?" And he says, "Kach v'kach v'kamatanosin levitcha kach v'kach." That uh, they discuss how much the each side of the family is going to bring in. And amdu bekitchukan. We said that they're uh, that they're that the that's binding. And these, this is an example of something that is going to be nikneh be'amira, that just by verbal commitment, they are halachically bound to put money into the into the pot uh, to, to, um, to basically fund this couple. 
Omar Rava, Rava says, Mistabra Milsa de Rav. Rava says, I could understand this idea of Rav, Bibito Nara. Oh, I could only understand it if his daughter is a Nara. Why? Cares about if she's a Nara or not. Says the Gemara, the Kamati Hanaliyade. Because where does the money for Kedushin go when the daughter's a Nara? To the father. But maybe we would argue that this verbal commitment between the Mechutanim, that when we're talking about a daughter who's a Bogeris already, maybe we should say that because there is no Hanash Demata Liyade, because why? She's a Bogeris. The Ishtara, the, the, uh, the, Ksuba, the Kedushin money goes to her. So then, lo, maybe I would have thought that the, that the binding, that there is nothing binding about the verbal commitments between the Mechutanim. Says the Gemara, what are you talking about? That's ridiculous. Why? Amarav Afilu Bogeris. First of all, Rav himself says that it's true even by a Bogeris. So the argument you gave is wrong, just to source within source. You can't have Rav contradicting himself. And and the Ilote Machin, even if you didn't have that, you'd have another reason. Avia Ben, Mahanas Asaliade. You, you're only giving me one side of the equation, which is the bride. Is the bride of Bogaris? Is she a Nara? By the Nara, the father gets the Kedushet Kesef, and by the Bogaris, not. What about the groom side? The groom, he's paying no matter what, no matter how old the, the wife is. So it can't be that you're you're bringing in money, and the Hana of the money that you get is going to be the Gorim for the Mechutanim to have their deal be, be full. And that's ridiculous. Of course not. Ella says the Gemara, Behahi Hana Dekamichasne, the fact that they're getting married. What is the Hana that makes this binding? The Hana that makes it binding is that the Mechutanim are happy that their children are getting married, that they're getting the Kamechatani Ahadade Gamre Umakne Lahadade. Okay, very good. So the Gemara says that we tried to put in this strange condition and the Gemara rejects it outright. And the Gemara says a third of the way down, Amalai Ravina the Ravashi, Dvarim Halalu Nitnuli Kase, Alon Nitnuli Kase. When the Mechutanim are talking, can they write it down in a star afterwards? Lamay Nafkamina. If you write it down in the star, then they can be collected from the chasim shubadim. If it's verbal, not allowed. It's malval pet. So in this case, what do we do? Says the Gemara. This is quoted in Shulchan Aruch. Amar You're not allowed to write it down. Asks the Gemara. Take a look at the language that we uh, saw at the end of our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, "Eisve hapikrin hayu kosvin al menas sheezonis bitcha chameshanim kozman shat imi." So what does our Mishnah say? Well, it seems like they took a verbal contract and wrote it down because our Mishnah says the smart people will say, yeah, I'll feed your daughter that you know, I'm happy to marry you. I love your daughter as if she's my own and I'll feed her. But I know how things work. And if we get divorced, I don't want to be on the hook. So as long as you live in my house, uh, built in condition. But what is the language there? Kosvin. So there we see Kosvin and it, therefore seemingly it should generate the ability to collect that money from the Chasim Shubadim. Mishnah says, the Gemara says a very strange response. We've seen this in Shas before. My Kosvin, Omrim. Why did our Mishnah say Kosev? It's a labdafka. It's a very loose terminology. And really it's Omrim. You're not allowed to put it in writing unless it was already in writing. Fine. The Kari Leila Amira Ksiva. There's nothing more exacting than Shas. I mean, Chumash. Then Torah, that's broadly. And you're calling Ksiva Amira that is the biggest possible difference in Shtaros that you could, Malval Peh. These are totally drastically different things. How could our Mishnah write Kosev and mean Amira? Says the Gemara in, yes, we do have precedence for that. Tzatznan, HaKosev Le'ishto, we learned this 20 blad ago. HaKosev Le'ishto, Dinu Dvarmen Le'benichsaich, Hittani Rebchia, HaOmer Le'ishto. He qualifies and says that that case is actually talking about Amira. 
Okay, so we uh, tried to answer our question, and we don't have a raya one way or the other yet, other than the fact that the Gemara says, we tried to ask from our Mishnah, and we didn't have a strong raya from our Mishnah. So the Gemara is going to try again, halfway down. Toshma. You cannot write a Shtar Erisin or a Shtar Nisun unless both people are involved, uh, both people are on the same page. Why? Because you're collecting from the Chassim Mishubad, and people have to know what's going on. They have to be privy to, to the details. What's implied? Hamidashnehim. What if everyone agrees? Kosvin, then you are allowed to write it. My love, Shtari Psikta. Isn't this talking about what we're talking about, which is the document where the Mechutanim sit down and discuss the Shtari Psikta? I'm going to give X, you're going to give Y. So what do we see from over here? We have Ain Kosvin, unless X, and if X is fulfilled, then Kosvin. So, oh, so we see that Kosvin should be allowed. Says so Gemara Lom, that we're talking about Shtari Erisin Mamish. We're talking about the actual Shtar Erisin. Ha'isha nicknames Begim and Bekesif Shtar This is the Shtar, the Shtar Erisin. Kidderav Papa Virav Shrabia. There's a Machlokas in the Amorayim about the following. The Itmar. If he writes a star for the right reason, but but she doesn't know about it, which was the problem that we presented a moment ago. Rabba Viravina, it should be Rava. Rava Viravina Amre Mikudeshes. What does Rapapa say? Rapapa Virashravya Amre Aina Mikudeshes. That she is in fact not married. So we seem to uh, Paskin, or at least in the flow of the Gemara, the Gemara is saying that if we're talking about Rav Papa and Rav Shravya, who side with the fact that if a star is written, Lishma, but the Shalomidaita, she's Eina Mikudeshes, so we therefore have no Raya from that case of El because we don't know what, a, what would, the rule would be in a general case. We don't know. We only know in that specific case. So let's try one more time, Toshma. Mesu, we had said in our Mishnah that if one of the husbands dies, so let's say Shimon or Levi, her second or third husbands die after they've committed to fund her daughter uh, for the next five years. So this is fascinating, as we saw in our Mishnah, that his daughters can only be fed from, from freed properties. The he, the daughter for whom the mother had negotiated five years of food, why? Because what did our Mishnah say? And there we see that a verbal commitment can bring about collecting from Nechassim Meshubadim. So then there's no difference to write it down. Just write it down. She's already verbally able to collect from Nechassim Meshubadim. We presented the question in our Gemara. Are you allowed to be, uh, uh, the Gemara said, Can these things be written down to generate a chiyu from Payment from the Chasim Meshubadim. Well, the answer should be yes, because we have our Mishnah. Says the Gemara, There was an actual Kenyan that took place with this new daughter. When uh, Shimon married Rachel, and Rachel brought her daughter Chana into the marriage, they actually made a Kenyan. And therefore, because of that Kenyan, now she has access to the Chasim Meshubadim for her Mizonos. What about his own daughters? His own daughters can't collect from the Chasim Meshubadim? Says the Gemara, The star... You're talking about a Kenyan. The Kenyan was made when he got married. This is his first marriage, her second marriage. She has a five-year-old. So it's just it's just technically, who was present at the time of the Kenyan? The five-year-old kid from the from the wife's marriage. But his daughters weren't there. Umay, Umay Pasco, well, how does this all work out? Says the Gemara, very simple. Ihi, this five-year-old girl from Rachel's, who's Rachel's daughter, Ihi, Dahavya, she was alive at the time that the Kenyan took place. Therefore, the Kenyan worked that she should get fed, and therefore she can collect from the Chasim Shubadim. But Banos, his daughters, maybe they weren't born yet, says the Gemara, it's just very technical. Like, I'm sorry, it's, it's uncomfortable. If I have daughters and, and my daughters can only collect from the Chasim Bnei but my wife's daughter from a previous marriage gets to collect from the Chasim Shubadim, 
that daughter is, she, we're treating the stepdaughter even better than our own kids. But what, what can I do? The, the Kenyan wasn't made for her. The Kenyan was made when the other kids were alive. Says the I can easily paint a picture where even Shimon's daughters could have been alive. How so? Says the Gemara. So Rachel marries, Rachel marries Shimon. And Rachel brings a five-year-old into the marriage. Fine. But she doesn't make this contract yet. Then Rachel and Shimon have kids together. And then they write this, and then they divorce, and then they get married again, and the contract is made. It's, it's easy to create a case where his daughters were alive at the time of this contract. Says Gemara, answer number two, three lines before the white lines. She who doesn't have regular rules of Tanai Bezdin, there the Kenyan works, but Banos, the daughters to East Nehubitznai Bezdin, they have regular forms of getting paid, of getting fed by her father. So when it comes to the father with his stepdaughter, there aren't regular rules in place. We have to build those rules. With his own daughters, there's no king in there. They're already being fed. The Gemara is very bothered by this. Migragare, they should be treated less than the stepdaughter. It doesn't even make any sense. we got to figure it out. Says the Gemara, and we'll conclude this for today, right on time. El because the daughters are part of tonight, Bezin, namely because fathers have to feed their daughters. So it's very likely the case that before uh, before this father died or whatever the case may be, Amar, we would say, that they grabbed bags of money. In other words, that the father took care of them. The daughters don't have to worry. The daughters are not going to be treated better than the stepdaughter. Sorry, the stepdaughter is not going to be treated better than the daughter. The daughters will have access to the father's funds. We'll stop right here at the two dots, five lines from the bottom of Kuf Beis and Beis. Tomorrow we'll learn Daf Kuf Gimel, not a small blot. And then Tuesday, Emir Tzashem, we will learn Daf Kuf Dalit and we'll uh, be all on pace. Wishing you all a beautiful day. What time is Daf Kuf?